And we are live. Welcome to the FFS podcast. I'm your host, Freddy, and this is episode 8. Uh, last week, we got done with the first round of international friendlies. Or actually, not friendlies. Well, the international fixtures, which was basically for the Euro 2020 qualifiers. And we're going to discuss about this this week and with one particular team in focus. That's England. Uh, it's probably one of the most supported teams or actually one of the most viewed teams in world football primarily because most of the players are from the Premier League and that's the league we all grew up watching. Uh, to help me in today's discussion, joining me on this podcast is Diviesh. Diviesh, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, hi, absolutely. Yeah, well, my name is and uh, I have been an England fan for like quite a while now. I believe it was uh, since the 2006 World Cup. So yeah, I mean, England supporting England has been a roller coaster. It has it it has been more of you know on on the downside to be honest. Yeah, but then yeah, so it, it has been a good journey so far, I would say. And uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You're now living in New Zealand, right? Absolutely yes. And I mean, thank God that New Zealand and England didn't play in a football World Cup final. I mean, the cricket's okay, so. Uh, <laughs> that animosity has not yet come to the football world. Not yet, I would say. Yeah. All right. So let's start off with the fixtures that happened in the past week. England played Bulgaria and Kosovo, and I mean, it wasn't any surprise that they were victorious against both of these teams or both of these minnows of sorts. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to get your idea as to what your thoughts were on the lineup uh, that Gareth Southgate went with. For let's start off with Bulgaria at least. Right. So when we look at the lineup against Bulgaria, uh, we see Southgate fielded a four-three-three, which seems to be the formation that he prefers usually. And uh, a midfield of Rice, Henderson, and Barkley was uh, you know good enough. I mean, two holding midfielders, a defensive midfielder. The the setup was quite solid. And uh, well, I would say that on a scale of one to ten, I would say that I I was satisfied on a 7 with the lineup. The only thing I didn't really you know, uh, I wasn't really convinced about was the inclusion of Michael Keane and Jordan Pickford in particular. Because uh, let's be honest, to be because you know, people rate Pick, Pickford a lot somehow I don't really. He is more prone to committing errors as well. And uh, yeah, the, the lineups were good. The results were great as well. So in, instead of Michael Keane, I believe they, they could have gone with, uh, say, example, I believe Tarkovsky or any any other centre-back because I'm not really convinced with Keane and Pickford as a whole. Okay, and I just wanted to get your, like you said, mm-hmm. 4-3-3 is kind of now the conventional sort of formation that Gareth Southgate's been employing for these international fixtures which is kind of a stark contrast from the 3-5-2 or 3-4-3 formation that he kind of employed during the World Cup Uh, and I want to know what was it that changed his mind was it that the Stones Walker incapabilities or incompetencies in defense or what well, I, I would say that, uh, you know, to, to implement a 3-4-3 formation, you need to, the most important part is your fullbacks. I believe uh, Trippier and Rose are not exactly wingbacks. They're fullbacks. So, 
yeah obviously that that won't really fare well with england and to add to it uh, as you mentioned the walker stones partnership at the back it's it's uh, i mean england still needs to find that uh, solid center back duo which they are not uh, finding so far because you have so many uh, good players in the mix you've got maguire you've got uh, keane i mean he, i wouldn't say he's great but then he's he's there and then you've got john stones so i believe the most important part for southgate to do would be to have a solid center back you know a center back pairing so it it becomes good for him to at least you know even think about of 3 4 3 again but uh, at this point of time if you ask me uh, i mean it the 4 3 3 and even the 4 2 3 1 is working well for them so they he shouldn't really experiment with the back four and uh, you said that you'd prefer like a tarkowski to michael keane or you you think that he's better or even john stones okay even john stones okay uh, and what about pickford do you think pope or someone else should have come in uh yes i would say i mean based on based on pope's form last season uh, yeah he 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 could have been included because uh, Pickford really becomes error prone at this point of time, and uh, if you ask me personally, I don't really feel he's uh, anything above average. Yeah, I mean he's he's just there. That's it. Okay, and I, I one of the I mean key people who missed out on the entire squad was Kyle Walker. Uh, were you surprised in any way that he that Southgate went for? a very young right back in Trent Alexander-Arnold and Aaron Van Bissaka okay granted Trippier is there who is one of the older ones but were you surprised mm-hmm. at Sto- uh, at Walker's exclusion uh well yes i was uh, somehow because you know Walker has been in that in that squad for years now and and it's not like he has regressed or anything in fact this season he has looked as good as he he has ever been and uh, so yes in one way i was a bit surprised that one uh, bisaka got his call up real soon i was not expecting him to get his call up this soon so yeah that was like quite an element of surprise over there and with the midfield i mean okay moving now from bulgaria to kosovo the midfield i think changed I, who did they who did they start with i think they Yeah, uh, well, Kosovo. I believe yeah, they started uh, in a four-two-three-one formation with uh, Rice and Henderson in in mid between. Right. And then they had uh, Sancho on the right, Barkley in the in the number ten role, and Sterling on the left. And and of course Sterling shown in that game like big time. So I mean Sterling is actually I believe England's best player right now. Right. So so he he's in fact replaceable over there. But are we seeing? I mean, even like we said, four two four three three or four two three one. Both uh, in both formations, mm-hmm. Gareth Southgate has kind of employed two defensive midfielders. You think is it because, like you said, that he doesn't have the trust of a solid centre back partnership that he's going with some a more defensive approach rather than a more attacking approach? Because it's obviously Kosovo and Bulgaria. I mean, these two aren't weren't really going to. challenge england as much uh, and we saw against right. kosovo also that within the 30 36 seconds there was a defensive lapse in concentration and they scored so obviously he he is right. too happy about that and is that the case why he's playing two defensive midfielders instead of just the conventional one 
Uh, well, absolutely, because when you look at the fullbacks, you see Trent Alexander Arnold, who's absolutely world class when it comes to attacking and delivering crosses, but on his defensive side is uh, really not there yet. So that might be one of the reasons. Uh, I mean, that's a reason, and another reason is again, you know, he doesn't really have a reliable centre back partnership. So that is the reason why he's going for Rice and Henderson over there, and he obviously has enough of trust in his uh, attacking lineup. So. I think I think he can have a bit of a leeway over there. Okay, and I'm gonna pose this hypothetical to you and say that if you was Gareth Southgate and you were heading off to now the Euro 2020, so say it's next year and summer and Euro 2020 is about to start, what would be your formation and what would be your lineup, ideally? Well, yeah, well, so if I have to pick up the side, I would uh, go for. Uh, uh, a goalkeeper who's obviously in a good form. Say, for example, right now, if we are looking at the squad, at this point of time, I would go with uh, Pickford, then uh, Aaron Van Bissaka or Trent Alexander-Arnold on the right back. I would go for John Stones alongside Harry Maguire at the centre. Uh, Left-back Ben Chilwell is uh, amazing. Uh, back you have Danny Rose, but then I would still prefer Chilwell. Uh, I would go with the three-man midfield with uh, rise in the defensive midfielder role, uh, Henderson in the attacking role, and Ross Barkley. Uh, I mean, uh, sorry, J- Henderson in the controlling role, and Barkley again pulling the strings in the final third. Uh, the front three would be a Sancho, Kane, and Sterling. That's not even a question about that. Okay, and I mean, so, but do you think? There's any chance that the likes of Mason Mount or one of the youngsters would get a chance? Or would do you think they're purely bench players for now but will have some game time given the opposition? Uh, well, yes. Uh, given, I mean, uh, if, we, if we are talking about players like Mason Mount, I mean, the season has only begun. Uh, and uh, it all again depends on how they progress, how their season progresses. And uh, at at this point of time, I believe they can be good squad players. And let's see, maybe in in the future, Mount can replace Barkley, Barkley over there and in the number ten position. Yeah. Okay. And I know throughout the entire conversation that we've been having, you've been mentioning a lot of let's pick this player based on form and everything. And now this kind of brings me to the real point of this podcast episode, which is. Should Gareth Southgate or should any national manager choose players based on their club form, which is say, uh, like Barcelona, Real Madrid players, how well they do for those clubs, or should they choose them based mm-hmm. on how well they've done for England in the past? Mm-hmm. And I'll just give you a couple of examples, and because this has come up as in a more controversial light when the squad was announced, Jesse Lingard mm-hmm. and Marcus Rashford, two of Manchester United. Well, I wouldn't say key players, but I'm just saying that given that it is Manchester United, a big club, and they hadn't done well until when the squad had been announced. It was, I think, three draws and one win, uh, which isn't that great for them. Uh, A draw. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, what do you... So, uh, Mm -hmm. So, uh, I just wanted to ask you what your thoughts were on it. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, in my opinion, uh, a team, I mean... uh, a team, how, uh, sorry, uh, if we are talking about a player in particular, you know, uh, so a player at his football club ha- is playing in a whole different environment. Uh, because, say, for example, Manchester United the previous season were a hot mess. Uh, 
or they did not really have a style of play uh their dressing room was in shambles and uh, that that was one of the reasons why Marcus Rashford and every other player in in that order i mean they did not really do well for the club however Marcus Rashford for his country he has played really well on that right hand side so there must be a reason he's playing well for england and he's not really you know been up to the mark for manchester united so uh, again uh, moving on so if i have to answer that question if the players are to be picked on their uh, club form or on their national team form it's it's kind of a mixture for both because uh, there are a certain players like jesse lingard surprisingly he does really well for england and for manchester united there are days when he looks like a liability so uh, of course the chances are to be given to every other player because uh, you know there there are a certain number of players who are playing for smaller clubs like leicester say for example james madison and uh, if they are playing well of course they need to des- they deserve a call up however there there should be a core in the national team which should not really be uh, messed around with uh, these are the players we are talking about who play consistently well for england and you know that's how gareth southgate should really uh, select a squad moving on for the euro 2020 okay and i the reason i brought up this whole controversy was again mm-hmm. i let's let's focus predominantly on jesse lingard because strashford is still okay but jesse lingard the still young prospect i don't know how people still call him young <laughs> uh, i mean i think even after he retires he'll still be labeled as a prospect or a young <laughs> player with potential but <laughs> i just so one thing is getting selected for the squad so the whole controversy is like how could he be selected for the squad whereas some of them who have performed well for club haven't been selected and there is one side which says that yes uh, like jesse lingard should have been dropped but in the end does it really matter because jesse lingard in both of these matches didn't really play any part in the uh lineup right i mean he was basically as a bench player he didn't even come i don't think he even came on for any of the matches so is it is there really a a, a case to be made for the argument that uh jesse linga should not have been selected because technically like you said the core still remain the same it's not like he's coming in and disrupting mm-hmm. anything so absolutely well the reason for his inclusion is because well many people they fail to see uh that lingard well of course even as a manchester united fan i would say that he does not really uh, you know uh, provide much to the game however in the dying minutes of the game i want you to think of a scenario right uh, we are in euro 2020 it's like a knockout game it's uh, it's been you know these are the dying moments of the game and uh, you need a fresh pair of legs lingard surprisingly i mean you know even though he is not really technically gifted on that level but then his his energy the way he presses while chasing a game or even in a high pressure situation over there so yes as long as he's on the bench i don't think people should really have a problem with it it's only when he is included in the starting lineup then you know people then the criticism of course is justified over there okay and uh, i just wanted to get your thoughts on uh, somebody else who i kind of we kind of missed out on which is delhi ali do you think he has a place right now alongside kane in the england squad like in the world cup or do you think he like jesse lingard would be more a bench player now mm. in southgate's plans well um, looking at the way they are playing right now and you know as 
as you as you know that international football is really fickle it's all about the player who's in at the top of his form for his club right now so and Delhi Ali has not really been there since his injuries and everything so yeah i do see him getting sidelined anytime soon especially with mason mount coming and uh, you know there's already ross barkley playing over there you've got alex oxley chamberlain fighting for that spot as well yeah. so yeah I, i do see him getting sidelined sometime in the future okay all right so i think well now we'll have to wait till the next round of international fixtures which i think is next month october sometime uh, before we get to know whether southgate whether this whole international fixture because it's again it's only the qualifiers for now so it might just be a case of gareth southgate chopping and changing as he sees fit mm-hmm. but unless he goes for a similar squad which kind of might indicate that this is the team that he's going for and i just want to get your last thoughts which is if this is the team that he's going for uh for the euros do you think that mm-hmm. they stand a good chance at the euros uh against some of the big teams um uh, well uh, one thing that i like about this england side is even if they are not particularly uh, you know uh, if they are not really technically gifted they do have a playing style right uh, they they play as a team which is uh, one thing that southgate has managed to do which none of the previous managers did so that's a huge asset but then again it's only half the job done so if you are looking at the quality yes england do have some world class players like jiren sancho i wouldn't call him world class yet but then he's up there they've got team sterling they've got harry kane so again the the key is to maintain a core uh, spine of the team of world class players and then they should be good to go okay and uh, if, if if realistically i'm looking at this uh, team I, i think they should be reaching the at least the semi finals of the euros that's not a question over there yeah i'm pretty sure given what's happened in the world cup that now the expectations for england are higher because like you said you've been supporting from 2006 i don't think since until 2018 the expectations have been this high right i think 2018 was the first time where right. england actually thought they could do something great uh, absolutely and it's it's all due to southgate because previously you you've seen managers who come in who've gone out they they didn't really you know put that team spirit inside the team because there there were instances when players who played for manchester united sat on a different table players playing for liverpool sitting on the different table so that, that doesn't really help your team at all so one thing southgate has done is you know at least made made them play like a team and that's the first thing that you need to do in football all right okay so that sounds interesting <laughs> and like i said we'll definitely have to wait for the next round of international fixtures and right. i guess that's all the time we have for this episode thanks devesh for being a part of this podcast sure. thank you yeah have we'll, a good day yeah, yeah we'll <laughs> definitely uh, have you on in the future uh, i'm guessing definitely. more we're looking stuff. forward to it and you support manchester <laughs> united too right Yes, absolutely. So we'll definitely have you for any important Manchester United news as well. Sure. <laughs> Thank All you. All right. Thank you for tuning in once again. Don't forget to leave a like, drop in a comment, share with friends and family, and for football's sake, subscribe to the channel. We are now on I think eight podcast platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You name it, we're probably there. So until next time, see you.